Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Biomass. This is episode 226. Um, I'm pretty sure you're surprised to hear my voice giving the intro. It is just myself and Jay today. Uh, it's going to be a pretty quick show. We're just going to give you a rundown of things that we've seen pop out on the news lately. Um, so we'll start out with shout outs with, uh, we'll start with Jay. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Jay. I'm the, uh, the other lone gunman here tonight with Livy. Uh, since everybody else bailed, it's uh, it's kind of the throws at, at the uh, early fall into summer, so everybody's schedules are, are kind of all over the place. But uh, we wanted to make sure we got you guys a little bit of content this week, so we're probably going to hit mostly a news rundown and with one kind of topic of meat uh, that we could talk about it a little bit during the show. Awesome. And I'm Livy. I'm usually the uh, lurker commentator on the Biomass channel. Um, but I am hosting today because Pokey is doing, I think, something called work. I'm not quite sure what that is on the weekend, but uh, that's where he is. So uh, we have a few things here uh, we wanted to start out with. Uh, Jay, you had some things on Spider-Man and Red Dead Redemption. He said, so I'm going to let you go ahead and go into those. Yeah, sure. No problem. So uh, I, I, have, I have not gotten put my hands on and played Spider-Man yet. Uh, but interestingly enough, I've seen probably about the first 45 minutes of gameplay, basically the first mission mission run through and, uh, you know, a little bit of other stuff, like kind of some of the peripheral stuff in terms of like how you level up and some of the basic mechanics around the game. And uh, it, it is it, it's as advertised. I would say universally it's getting extremely good reviews right now. Most places are getting it in the nine to nine point five range. Uh, it's an extremely high quality looking game. Uh, and I'll probably be picking that up this week. Uh, so I knew it had hit the big time when Boy, otherwise known as my sidekick, uh, my son came down. He's like, sits down, very serious look on his nine-year-old face. He's like, Dad, we have a video we need to watch. And I'm like, I'm, I was a little, little, little hesitant about what video that was, but he, pull, <laughs> he pulls up YouTube and he pulls up Dan TDM, uh, which is, if, if you don't know who Dan TDM is, you're, you're, I, I, would, I would be surprised you're listening to this podcast. So anyway. Uh, he, he does predominantly n- not games like this on his channel. He's probably one of the biggest YouTubers and Twitchers in the, in the world by anybody's measure. So he pulls up the Spider-Man game, and and I it's the, I've kind of stayed away from a lot of the videos of this because I kind of wanted to go into it kind of cold because I was interested in the game. It's been a long time. I was a big fan of the old Sony, uh, like the, the PS2 Spider-Man games. They were really good. Well... Uh, this thing just blows you away. I mean, the, the graphics quality and how smooth it is and the story is just phenomenal. Like, I, I was incredibly impressed by what I saw um, during, as, you know, Dan TDM basically ran through the first hour, or re- really the first the first real mission. And, uh, you know, it, my son's just absolutely enamored of it. And this is interesting because he doesn't normally like these like these type of games. He really enjoyed watching me play God of War. Uh, but I think that was more for the story, but he, he likes Spider-Man a lot. He really enjoys the new, the new Spider-Man that's been in the uh, MCU. So he was pretty enamored by this. Uh, but anyway, I just want to give, give you guys uh, a big heads up that like one, we, we are absolutely tracking. We're probably going to cover that for a review along with everybody else in the world. Uh, and my first impression, it's really good. Uh, it's really, really good. And again, like as you get into kind of the latter stages of these platforms, uh, you know, the, the game platforms, I am amazed at how good this thing looks and how well and just how smooth it plays on a uh, on a PS4. 
Yeah, and I was actually watching the, the the video I was watching was not on a PS Pro either, which was even more telling. Uh, so after watching God of War and that, it just it blows me away at what's in the realm of the possible right now. So should should be fascinating as we move into uh, into the latter stages of the PS4's life. Different topic for another day, but uh, <laughs> definitely looking forward to getting my hands on some uh, Spider Man. And it's funny because uh, even, I don't want to say compared it, but brought it up with God of War because Spider-Man actually beat God of War in its sales. I think it was 3.3 million copies within the first three days of release. Well, I don't um, so, doubt that bit, yeah. Yeah, it definitely broke uh, Sony's records for game sales. So, and, and everyone's very happy with it. My brother plays it and he just doesn't stop talking about it. So yeah, it's a good one to pick up. Yeah, I mean, some of the things I noticed is that it's so... Um, Two two kind of separate components here. All right, the first one in terms of the, you know, the well, there's three basic components of the game that I saw that struck me. One, the the actual adventuring part, you know, the getting in a big space and you know fighting some bad guys and doing some investigations, some, some sneaking around, stuff like that. At first blush, it's it's got definitely some tones of the Arkham series, you know, some of the latter Arkham games, you know, it, it some kind of vibe of that, but the the style of combat and movement is just incredibly fluid. I mean, it really, really brings out the, uh, you know, kind of, kind of the difference in, you know, something like a, a Spider-Man character versus a Batman character, you know, like Spider-Man, he is just all over the place, extraordinarily acrobatic, uh, all these highly creative moves uh, and just a real, a really, really deep combat system. It's probably, as deep as God of War, which, and if you really got into God of War, it's it, that was a incredibly deep and very flexible combat system in there. Uh, so I would say it's easily on par with that, with a lot of verticality and acrobatics involved. Very cinematic in its look, like extremely cinematic. I, I was incredibly impressed by it. So there's that part. Um, and then you've got sort of the, I, I, I'm not going to, I don't know where they call it, the minigame mode or the uh, you know, kind of the, the other part of the story where you're doing a lot of Peter Parkering and a lot of you know, playing as Mary Jane and things like that. Um, it's really about fleshing out the backstory and what's going on around Peter Parker and Spider-Man in that world. And they do a really good job. And you spend a lot of time in it, apparently, by the way, like a lot of time, uh, which is kind of surprising. But again, it kind of lends itself to more and more of that cinematic feel. The other part, which I, I, I would absolutely absolutely be remiss if I did not mention this, the open world web swinging, phenomenal. Oh my God. So they've mapped out New York City digitally, it seems like anyway, like extraordinarily <laughs> well. And it is just a just an absolutely awesome experience. You could probably, they could have probably re, you know, released that as a web swinging swing simulator and people would have lost their minds. It's it's really good. There, there's a photo mode in it. Uh, you do a lot of sell. You can you're doing all kind of neat stuff. You can do a lot of trip tricks and acrobatics in the air. There's a ton of different types of swing mechanics. And then when you get on the ground, there's a lot of different interactions that you can do with the you know the, the folks that live in New York City. Were you, were you going to say selfie? Were you going to say you could take a selfie? Yeah, you can actually. So, so, <laughs> it's golden. So when you get on the ground, you can uh, you know instead of like your punch button is basically. Uh, you can't punch a civilian, right? Cause, you know, Spider-Man is is the, the ubiquitous good guy of the Marvel universe. What it will do is, mm -hmm. like, you'll high, like you walk up to an innocent bystander and you hit your punch button, you'll high five them, or you give them a like a That's little it. quick salute, 
or the you know finger guns or you'll take a selfie with them or something like that it's really cool actually it's pretty smart oh i like that they definitely know their uh their audience yeah so overall definitely looking forward to getting my hands on that one probably this week awesome you'll have to let us know how you like that if you get into it um let's see the next thing uh, you had on there was red dead redemption i know that's coming out in like a month I think. yeah it's coming out in about a month um this is just a quick uh i'll give a, a quick plug for uh i believe game informer i think they got their hands on red dead and there's going to be a little bit of an expose in the next month's magazine i think it's probably going to be a cover story um so I, I was listening to their podcast which i do recommend listening to the game informer podcast it's a very comprehensive show uh, and they do a lot of neat features, very professionally produced, unlike this one. Uh, ah, but they kind of hint, hint at the fact that they got some extended hands-on and that it is, uh, it's definitely really, A, really good, and B, different than how many, most of them expe- expected, but probably in a good way. So just kind of a quick heads up there. Uh, keep your eye out for that. Or you can kind of go into it cold either way. Uh, I'm not sure which one I'm going to do, but I'm definitely interested in that game. No, that's awesome. Um, let's see. In my in my many scrollings, I saw um, I saw Devil May Cry. You know how we've been talking about the whole loot box controversy mm-hmm. and the, the microtransactions, yeah. and then it just shows that they're uh, letting people actually buy the red orbs. And the red orbs, I, I believe, that's how you acquire certain skills. And their whole philosophy is that uh, you should be able to play the game the way you want to. And I don't think that this is, I think it's a single player game. I know they have online mode, but I don't know how that works quite yet. Um, but they're kind of like, if you, and, and this is this is kind of how it's been for a lot of games. If you want to go and it be easy, whatever. But if you actually want the challenge, then you can grind your way and get the skills. Otherwise, it's more of a, it, it really is a hack and slash game. So I just thought, it, I don't know, it just caught my eye. I thought it was interesting that uh, they're like, sure, you can buy it for uh, real money. You can buy the red orbs and then it translates the skills. So I don't know. That's it. That's something interesting there. Um, and I think that was all of the little stuff I was going to look at now. And the, the big thing on the plate right now is the Telltale game shut down. I don't know, Jay, how much of that you have been watching or following. Uh, well, it's, I mean, it's it's I mean, it's basically breaking over the weekend. Uh, I think I think the word came out on Friday, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, so I've been watching that, you know, reading as much as I can over the course of the weekend. It was, what well, they've been, they've they've had a lot of shakeups over the course of the year, but it was absolutely uh, unplanned uh, and, and reportedly, uh, it when the when they kind of announced that they were letting everybody go, that was a surprise to most of the people in the studio as well. Even though I, I think probably everybody knew that 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 they were having a rough year, but. It did not sound like it was a uh, a slow rollout of of what was going on. No, no, it seemed like it happened overnight. Even the you know voice actor of um, goodness, I forgot her name, the main character in The Walking Dead, uh, she was even very surprised and put out her tweet saying how she was hurt and feels bad for the fans. But for those who don't know, uh, Telltale came out and announced on the Twitter and the news that they're shutting down. And I think that they laid off everyone but 25 staff members. And those 25 staff members are going to be left to shut down the operations and finish. Um, they're working with Netflix for a Minecraft story mode. And then that's it. So they've canceled everything else they had on their plate. The Stranger Things game, The Walking Dead final season, The Wolf Among Us, all that's canceled. Um, unfortunately, those who got laid off didn't receive any severance pay, but I mean, 
there's hoping that they can find something quick because they have a lot of skills to bring to a table anywhere they go. Yeah, that that's you know the unfortunate thing that's not that's not certainly not the first time that kind of stuff happens. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in the in the video game industry, but it's uh, it, it's tough. It, it's tough when you hear that. And and, and I'll be honest, with you, I I generally really really enjoyed uh, a lot of the Telltale games like over the course of their lifespan. I mean, they've had a they have a few uh, very distinct problems, uh, particularly now that's likely led to this. Uh, but generally. They put out some pretty good stuff. Um, I, I thought so. They did. I think I wish they would have probably focused more on a select few IPs. I think after they did The Walking Dead and um, Wolf Among Us, they just, I mean, they went out and did everything. The Game of Thrones, Batman. There's so much. I think they probably over overspread their workforce trying to get all that thing, all that done and not really listening to the feedback of people who wanted, say, the second season of... Um, the second season of the why can't I think about it? The Wolf Among Us because I, I think a lot of people were waiting for that and they just kept going on to the next one. Um, it didn't help that the CEO, well, his name is Kevin Bruner, that was kind of forced out a year ago, came back with the lawsuit against them that you know Telltale felt was uh, revenge of the revenge lawsuit. So I think all those things in combined kind of um, was the downfall of Telltale. Yeah, I mean, so uh, now here, they they definitely made you know clear story driven kind of choose your own choose your own adventure games. They were effectively the you know uh, maybe the, not the ultimate expression or the quote unquote final form, as Pokey likes to say, the uh, you know the the ultimate in- expression of those the old choose your own adventure books. But they're pretty damn close, um, and and predominantly they did pretty good work. I mean, like really good work in a lot of those, a lot of the stories. Um, the Batman one here recently was quite good. Um, I actually thought the tales from the, the Borderlands ones were phenomenal. Those were absolutely hilarious. Uh, very, very true to the, uh, you know, to the game world. Most of their stuff is pretty good. You know, most of it. Um, mm-hmm. The stuff they did for Minecraft was great. Uh, you know, they, they helped a lot with the Minecraft story mode stuff, which was, by the way, a phenomenal, phenomenal game. I mean, it's an extremely well done. So what they do is that they, they bring a story-driven model uh, together pretty well, you know, pretty well. Good writing, good voice acting generally, uh, not, not always, but generally. Uh, they, I think they had a list of things that kind of slowly eroded their name brand uh, and then generated it to where it is now in terms of slow sales. Uh, point number one, they don't really evolve their gameplay model. I mean, they have a formula that they use, and probably with the same engine, and all they all they're doing is reskinning, reskinning models and and backgrounds, which is no small thing. But it's you know that that's basically what they're doing. They're putting a new a new skin on something, and their gameplay model absolutely does not evolve under any circumstance. Uh, it really hasn't. I mean, there's there's no action. There, I mean, it just there's no action in it. There's no nothing. Um, their voice acting has been hit or miss. Uh, and, and and to be honest, we you know their stories, while while on the whole are pretty good, there were there there's some ups and downs. Now the problem with all this, I think, ultimately is in their model, which is the fact that they do month you know well not even monthly releases. They do seasonal releases or chapters for all their story. So if you look at something like a Wolf Among Us, which was I think I 
was that an original IP or was that something that they that they scored from somebody else? I think that was original. So that that I, I, yeah, I'm not sure, but that was a really good game and it was a great story, really good story. Um, the problem is you release that that entire thing over the course of like a couple years. You know, the same thing, the same with a lot of their Walking Dead stuff. Um, pretty much almost all of their all of their properties have these episodic releases. And and that that was kind of novel in its approach originally, but the problem is it just doesn't it doesn't carry very well. If you released that all in one big chunk uh, for a game like Batman or something else, the game is you know, I would say it's an interactive story. Uh, more than anything. So if you released something like that all in one big start to finish chunk, that's a good chunk of content, but it's a very encapsulated story. And I think, I kind of think that that would work way better for the audience, particularly the audience nowadays. Uh, so all of those things kind of rolled up to, you know, a couple of things, overexposure of a stale like gameplay model. And then that, that kind of episodic release schedule that they have that just, I really think sunk them, and which is unfortunate because they they did really put put a landmark out for a lot of good stuff. No, I agree, and you know, I, I hope that maybe something can come out of it later because they did have a, a good model with the story. I remember playing The Walking Dead before I really knew who Telltale Games was, so I was like, "Oh, this is a pretty good story mode." Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of unfortunate that that had to happen to their studio. So, yeah, I think. I think there was a lot to offer there in the Telltale world, and and it would have been neat to see, like I said, if they could have done like a start to finish, you know, a start to finish product, like instead of a, you know, that episodic release, just pick any kind of IP and then work through it like in a single release. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen something, you know, maybe you know, ninety minutes, two hours worth of of total play, but a real tight story i mean really kind of that inter- interactive animated movie uh, almost like the dragon tales of the modern age so to speak which you know that game that the old don bluth game was uh phenomenal in its animated storytelling and stuff but there's no gameplay to it really it was literally choose a or b uh on the screen at, at a given point in time it, it, you know so if they could have done something like that i think it would have been pretty cool no i agree all right. So, so. Uh, one quick last note on that one. Like what I what I will say is kind of neat. It's bad that you have to see it, but uh, like all along Twitter and Reddit, uh, particularly on, tr- on Twitter, if you follow a lot of game devs and different companies, you know that that is a community that does look out for each other. And uh, I immediately start seeing my feed a lot of the different developers coming up on the net. You know, with like hashtag Telltale Jobs. Like, hey, you know, we've got some jobs we haven't released yet. You know, send us your resumes. Uh, like, hey, if anybody's looking for a job, we've got a studio in Seattle that needs needs a couple people. And I saw that all over Twitter. Well, that's awesome. Uh, so, well, that's awesome. Well, like Mitch uh, Mitch Gittleman, who's been on this show a couple times, he was he tweeted out several times to he's like, hey, hey, all you guys out at Telltale, like, here's the jobs I've got open. I've got some more that we're not releasing. Please hit 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 us up and let us know what you think. When he pushed it out, a whole bunch of other indie folks. Or, or like, you know, kind of smaller studios, like all came up on the net and were pinging, you know, kind of across the Twitter sphere, you know, hey, all you Telltale guys, let me know, you know, let us know if uh, where you'd like to work, that kind of thing. And I, I think that's just a really remarkable thing. One, it speaks well to those folks. And two, a uh, little 
pretty, pretty cool about uh, how folks, you know, kind of look out for each other in that industry. I think because of how volatile the industry is, frankly. No, I agree. All righty. Well, that's all the news I had for today. Um, and while I was sitting here thinking about, since nobody's here to judge, about Destiny, um, have you gotten the Edge Transit, the grenade, was it the grenade the, launcher? The Edgar Cran- Transit? The Edgar Transit? Yes, I've met it many times. <laughs> I've met Edgar a lot. Do you have it in your pocket? So, so interestingly enough, like the, the TWAB this week was actually pretty cool about that. Uh, I've never seen this terminology before when you talk about like loot drop rates and stuff. It was like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, we, we heard we heard you we heard the uh, you know the concerns about the edge transit dropping too much, uh, and it has a in this I'm quoting is like we've discovered it has a very aggressive drop rate. That's no <laughs> shit. So if you've played two, I mean, I have like I have like five of them. I was like, what is this well, gun? They keep yeah, deleting so, them, and they're like, no, 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 that's good, that's good, that's and good. The crazy <laughs> thing is that there's a lot of other guns that I would really like to get, and I'm not. Because I'm getting the Edgar Transits. It sounds like a horrible <laughs> 70s progressive rock band. And it's it's just, it's not it's, that good, you know? That's hilarious. No, I mean, because I, um, I don't know if we said it in the last show because I was unfortunately not here. But uh, Iron Banner started. And I, I guess after looking at everything, I don't know how you feel about the Iron Banner this, this season go. But the armor is kind of... Mm, um, it's kind of lackluster to me. I don't know if it's going to get better with the ornaments later, but like for now, the guns, the, the armor, I don't know. I'm just not digging. That. Yeah. I would say the rewards are, you know, so basically it, uh, that's kind of the thing about Iron Banner. You get a more, you, you know, you get some kind of unique themed award rewards. Um, the, the, okay. So the weapons themselves, uh, the ones they have are, uh, you know, there's there's nothing spectacular. They, they all they all have a very unique look to them, which is you know. Whereas in Destiny Destiny Two, Prior to Forsaken, the Iron Banner stuff was predominantly sort of reskins with like a you know like a little bit of a minor tweak to them here and there. Uh, whereas these are kind of unique models, which is a good thing. You can debate whether you like how they look or not, but the weapons themselves, there's nothing that's like really jumping out at you. That's like, man, that's a go-to. You got to get that one or got to get this one. You know, uh, the the roar of the bear rocket launcher apparently can, with a god world, drop with tracking clusters, tracking cluster rock cluster bombs, which is really good. It's kind of like mini Galahorn, but I, I it's you know don't when I say the word Galahorn, don't everybody freak out and start trying to farm that thing. Um, <laughs> It's, it is Don't not, trigger them. It, it, it is not, not a game changer, so to speak. Uh, I did, I, I do like the pulse rifle. So I got a really cool roll on the, on the pulse rifle. It's called the uh, claws of the wolf. Um, it drops as a, a void weapon. Uh, and there's not a lot of great void weapons right now, void energy weapons. Cause they've in forsaken you, they've locked your energy roll. You can't change that. But I've, I've not seen a lot of really good, uh, void weapons outside of the bow, the uh, the subtle calamity, which is phenomenal, by the way. Um, I would agree. I so would agree. <laughs> I, I I pulled a pulse rifle with uh, full auto and outlaw, which is pretty solid. It was and it was it was a it was like a three forty, you know, which is really good for my light level. So um, that's actually been pretty solid for me. But other than that, the weapons. You know, there's nothing, nothing new. The biggest whiff, the biggest whiff is that they didn't have an Iron Banner bow. 
which blew my mind. I mean, it's like, that's like, that's, you know, that's the big, you know, kind of weapon, you know, weapon archetype that they've dropped. And, and I don't know a lot of people that, that think bows suck, by the way. Um, I don't know either, but you just made me realize that they didn't. And I use a bow as my energy weapon. Yeah. I don't know. It's good. I like I, it. I think that would have been a, a great opportunity to have a cool bow. Uh, you know, something like that would have been pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Um, and as for the armor, the aesthetics of the armor, because that's really what, because that, that's really what you're getting is it's how it looks, you know, because uh, it's all the arm, they are random rolled. So all the perks are random rolls. So if you get a good roll on the, on the armor, you like, good, you know, good on you, go for it. Uh, it has an interesting vibe to it. I, I don't know if I don't like it. Uh, but I, I like that it's very different than a lot of the other styles. I would say generally all of the armor in Forsaken, that like the new updated armor uh, for this season is heads and shoulders above the entire year one armor of Destiny 2. Um, oh, the exception definitely. to that is I did like the Iron Banner armor a lot in, D, in like, you know, seasons one through three. Now the thing about that one is it dropped basically in three different kind of ornament styles. So you had the original, the Truage style, which is your baseline, uh, which kind of had a very Viking sort of, uh, like a Viking uh, motif to it, which I thought was pretty cool. It, it looked good. Uh, I still actually, I, I thought that year one, like actually D1 Iron Banner armor looked better in, in all, all fairness. But yeah, I thought it was solid. Uh, the second season was more of a samurai style, a Japanese samurai style. And then the... The third season was almost kind of more high fantasy, kind of Tolkien-esque. It looked a little Dreamy City And that, that was my yeah, favorite. Yeah, I thought it looked pretty yeah. good. I thought some of it looked good. Um, this one has a really, it's, it's very unique in its color scheme and its style. I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of, but. It's hard because you said, you said samurai before, but I, I see the, the space samurai yeah, in I this season yeah, with the totally, helmet. Totally get that with you. Particularly like in like uh, the Warlock Helm like really reminds me of that but but like i said mm -hmm. it, that's i think it's definitely one of those you either kind of like it or you don't like it kind of things um and, and they've definitely taken it and the color scheme is definitely different usually uh iron banner stuff is like like emerald and forest green with a lot of different metal highlights on it uh whereas this one is much more of a uh, like a like a burgundy with like copper and blue which is it's almost like yeah, a new monarchy. It's really kind of interesting. Thing. Mm. But mm. I suspect that it like I, I might play around with some shaders just to see like how some of the I, I bet this armor would make some of the shaders would make it look pretty 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 different. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I think the jury's still out. So what is good though is the gameplay. So six v six and it is power levels enabled and it is baller. So if you are, yes. <laughs> if you're rolling at like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting at like right at 340 right now. Um, like if I max out all my, sh all my shitty gear, you know, the stuff I don't like running with the highest light level, basically I can get me up to like three, right at 340 on the dot. Um, but I normally run around at about, you know, 333 or something like that. For, for light level, you're probably 540. Oh yeah, shit, I'm sorry, 540. Can't, yeah, can't keep no, up with the light levels either, so, huh? <laughs> um, that is a massive difference massive difference when you're rolling around in some of these iron banner matches uh and you you roll into somebody who's like at four or something you you are oh yeah tanking them uh 
you feel bad. You're like, why are you oh, in yeah, here, man? Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just pretty rough. <laughs> uh, so now the interesting thing, though, is uh, if you are trying to get your Redrick Scrub Lord or something like that on, or you got to do anything in Crucible, it's been a great weekend for it. They've had double uh, double Valor points. Um, and, you, and you're basically doubling up on bounties between Saladin and Shax. Uh, but if you have, if you've got a really solid light level, even if you're, so let's say you're a PVE predominant player, like you, you just do enough PVP just to get your powerful engram and that's it. Um, but you keep a pretty high light level because of your PVE uh, gameplay. You could roll an Iron Banner and probably, at least up to a point, do do pretty well. And now that'll catch up with you as match skill-based matchmaking kind of takes over. You start getting matched up with some people a little bit more even with you. Um, but it's, it's been fun. And I, I would say that when, when you have power level enabled, uh, Iron Banner is closest to what I really want the competitive gameplay to be right now. They certainly missed the ball totally on that one in uh, year one of D2. And I think that's why you see that they put trials on hiatus uh, for this for a lot of this season so they could figure out how to get it right. Uh, but Iron Banner, like at least what I've seen so far, the gameplay is great. The rewards, kind of jury's still out on that one a little bit, honestly. The weapons, a little bit uninspired. I mean, they, they look good in some ways, but they're a little uninspired. Uh, really, really upset that they missed out on having a bow. Yeah, I'd agree. And then they drop it. Um, I know this is kind of what you're what about, about what you're wearing, but they seem to just drop at such low light levels that you're kind of like, I don't even, uh, don't, I don't want to waste infusing on yes, this. Yes, that now that's a great. That's that is one thing I kind of, like in D one. If you got an Iron Banner, which was you know that that was that was a high adventure gameplay when you were first starting out an Iron Banner, uh, you mm-hmm. could count on that when you got a drop. Um, when you earned a drop from that, like a, a like a rank up token or something like that, it, it would drop at a minimum at your light level, minimum, uh, and generally a little bit above. And, and if if the Iron Banner stuff was dropping at at my light level, I would be a lot happier with that, to be honest with you. No, I agree. Or at least, you know, the potential light level that we have. Because, I, like, I'm getting 506, and I'm, like, 540. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's... Honestly, nothing I can do with this right now, except for delete it and try to, you know, remake it inside the collections and see if it pops out higher. Yeah, no, I, I think you're, I think you're on to it. Um, and, and my kind of, my kind of take on it right now is uh, across the board, uh, Forsaken is, I, I'm de- definitely giving it like a, you know, like a, a 9.5 out of 10 across the board. There's a few things they could work on and uh, i I like there's a lot of ways to get powerful engrams. Uh, I really do. Uh, but but some of the kind of marquee events, something like Iron Banner, I wish it would at least drop at light level. Uh, that's 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 kind of my one minor beef. No, I'm with I'm with you there. Um, but yeah, um, if you didn't have anything else to go with on that, Destiny, any other no I, items yeah, I, of the news, then I was <laughs> no. I, I, I was going to roll into uh, some shout-outs yeah, no, then. Uh, last thing I'll say is that the new strike uh, that came out, the new Dreaming City strike that came out uh, after the raid was beat is phenomenal. A lot of fun. Uh, you get to play play Destiny football again. Uh, for those of you that, that ever watched this play on, on, on stream or anything, it's basically any kind of mechanic where you throw something or have to carry something that's Destiny football as far, as far as we're concerned. It's a lot of fun. 
No, definitely. And even got, you know, critics like Pokey and I to uh, get back and play it. And we've actually See? been enjoying it. See? So that, that's a plus. That's a plus. I know. He's actually saying, I need to play Destiny when I get home. So, you know, you've been, you've, I <laughs> you've win. sucked him back in. I win. I'll make sure that he knows that. <laughs> Tell him I win. Uh, <laughs> all right. So if uh, do you have any uh, shout outs for today? Minor shout out to the Michigan Renaissance Fair. Uh, never been to one up here. It's pretty cool. They, they do a really good job with it. Uh, it's a fun thing to go do during the, during the, uh, the time up here in Michigan. So my, my time up in Detroit so far has been very, very enjoyable. It's really, really cool. No pun intended. It's about to get like Arctic level cold here in a, another month, but it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. There's a ton of things to do up here. It's a beautiful state, uh, but shout out to the Michigan Renaissance Fair. Awesome. And my shout out is, um, I'm not going to say a little strange, but there is this meme or comic strips going out of uh, Mario's Bowsette. Have you heard of that? It's basically Bowser and Peach. Um, there's a whole story behind it, but basically Bowser puts the crown on and he turns in, turns into Bowsette. And I mean, the entire internet has taken off with it. Um, in the notes, I can put some links to some of the images um, the, the safe for work image, I'll say. Um, but it, <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to everyone who jumps on the bandwagon to making um, awesome meme content to fuel me through packing this weekend. So thank you. All right. All right. And that's it. Um, everyone can feel welcome to come on the show. Just contact uh, any of us at the Biomast webpage. Excuse my stumbling. I never say this. Um, and you can also reach us on Twitter. I am at Livy Chan. Jay, do you I have do. Twitter? At Jason Larison. Awesome. And you can also catch up with the videos that we're trying to put out at thebiomass.com, the YouTube channel. So hopefully we'll be having some more Nova stuff coming up on that as we get closer to E-Fan Fest. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and close the show. Everyone have a good night. Bye.